we are all hardwired with this calling upon our lives. Maybe some people are designed to be painters or musicians or uh, rocket scientists. I don't know. Whatever that's been placed inside your, your body, your spirit, your mind, tap into that. Pay attention to it because it's not going to go away until you pay attention to it. Hey, queens. Yeah, you. You know who you are. God, come on. Go ahead and put that crown on your head. Now tilt a little to the left. Now a little to the right. Perfect. Now let's get to work. Because we know you got big goals. And you got big dreams and not afraid to let them know. Why? Because you step into your purpose. You speak out on your faith. And you shift up in your journey. Because you a boss. Welcome to the podcast, Drop the Expiring Act with your host, Veli of QueenBayGoals.com. Reminding you that you are a queen before anything else. It's your life and your goals. Make it royal. All right, y'all. Go ahead and work that crown. Imposter syndrome. Imposter phenomenon. Imposterism. Fraud syndrome. The imposter experience. Whatever you call that internalized fear that you feel that makes you think you're a fraud, it's real. So today we're talking with Dr. Ijamanuagu and how you can combat your imposter experience. Because we are all capable beyond measure. Take a listen. Hey, Queen Bay. So today we are talking to Dr. Ijamanuagu about dropping imposter syndrome. Because for those of us trying to drop our aspiring act, one of the major things that is holding us back is imposter syndrome. But some of us don't even know it by name or realize that that's what it is. Like that's the thing that's keeping us stuck in place instead of going after our dreams. But before we jump into the hot topic of imposter syndrome, let me tell you a little bit about our guest today. So Dr. Ijan Manuagu is an inspirer, educator, and coach, and the founder and CEO of Everlead, a leadership coaching and consulting group. She has led countless sessions across the U.S. on topics related to self-improvement and leadership development, and with a vision of a world where every person embraces their boundless potential, Dr. Ijama is on a mission to inspire others to do work that inspires them, so together we can make the world better. So welcome, Dr. Ijama, to the podcast. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. So do you want to tell us a bit more about yourself and your company, Everlead? Well, I think you did a good job summarizing it. Um, I will say that um, I am an inspirer, an educator, and a coach. Um, So my main life's work is just to simply inspire people to do work that inspires them. So um, I'm also an educator. Currently, I work at a college uh, or university, rather, um, where I get to uh, support students and design programs so they could learn more about inclusive leadership. Um, and I consider myself a coach. As I mentioned before, I am a coach, so I coach a variety of, of, of individuals. They could be college students or graduate students or professionals or anyone who's looking to achieve goals, but they just need a, a bit of support and coaching um, through that process. So uh, that's a bit about myself. So one of the questions that we asked on the forum is, you know, what made you finally jump into your aspiring act? Like what made you drop the aspiring act and start going after your dreams? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And I remember when I was in 
um, my doctoral program and I was at the seminar and one of my professors asked me like, okay, talk a little bit about yourself. And I remember just being so ambitious and I was like, I want to own my own leadership institute. I want to be a professor. I want to, um, what else did I mention? I said, I'd want to be a professor. I want to have my leadership institute and I want to be an administrator. And then, you know, she likes to joke. So she was like, oh, there's medication for that. And everybody started laughing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> and, you know, I know she, you know, she was, she was joking good, and yeah, I laughed yeah. along, but I just remember that moment. And, you know, she might've thought it was funny, but I was very serious about my ambitions okay. and I just wanted to do everything and anything, right? I had so many interests. Um, and over time, I've gotten a chance to be an administrator. That's what I do currently. I, I do um, have my LLC, which is Everlead, which is the leadership coaching uh, platform that I spoke about. Uh, and uh, I've gotten an opportunity to be a faculty member in teaching in colleges and universities. So all of that has come to pass. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, I'm continuing my, my work in inspiring folks and engaging in spaces that have to do with personal growth and leadership development. So I remember that happened. And then I started working um, in different like administrative jobs. And uh, I always aspired to become all those things that I wanted to become, uh, especially with Everlead, especially with the uh, leadership development platform. Mm -hmm. And I just remember having all these bosses and being under them and being more qualified than them. And um, these were either males or white counterparts. <laughs> and so we understand how social identity plays out in our country where um, oftentimes black women, you know, get marginalized and don't really get the positions that they deserve. So I experienced a lot of that and working under people who um, were underqualified while I was overqualified and um, having them, you know, tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like to guide my own ship. Um, and I noticed that about my personality, whether it's a strength or an area of improvement, I do notice that about my personality, um, that I want to be a leader. I want to- That's what I was gonna say, in the leadership role, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I was serving in the leadership role, but then other people were also uh, supervising me and leading me, which is fine. But I just knew that I eventually wanted to do my own thing, right? Do exactly what I wanted to do. And that was inspire people instead of some of the paperwork and administrative tasks or navigating politics that I really didn't enjoy. So after getting fed up for, I just remember having those aspirations. And then five years later, I was like, enough is enough, right? I am sick and tired of these bosses that, um, you know, are constantly telling me what to do, right? <laughs> telling me what to do when I could make decisions that are wiser or um, decisions that really serve the population that we're aiming to serve in a better way. And I, I just had a vision for my own life and, and things that I wanted to do. And it was just so booming in my spirit that I remember in 2015, I was like, enough is enough. Like my spirit keeps telling me leadership, leadership, leadership. I would wake up every morning thinking about leadership. I would be eating breakfast. Because the dream hadn't died, right? I'm sorry? The dream hadn't died. It was still in there. Oh, yeah, it was still in there. And it kept uh, haunting me, but in a gentle, soft way. And I didn't understand what in the world was meant by leadership, leadership, leadership. Like, 
that word alone would show up. And then I started noticing, like, I do like to present at leadership conferences. I do like to talk about leadership. And so one day I sat down and I really got a piece of paper and a pen. And I was like, you know what? Sit down and write this stuff out because this thing that keeps haunting you is not (laughs) going to go away until you sit down and write it out and look at it with your own eyes and do something about it. So I remember those moments sitting in my apartment and writing out like what I envisioned for myself. Uh, So I started writing out different sorts of roles that I could do or um, uh, things I could be a part of to really continue tapping into this idea of leadership. And I remember reading it and just being filled with joy. I remember like going to a Costco that evening and um, someone made a comment like, you just look so happy. Like what's going on? I could just see it in your eyes. And I was like, ah, it just must be my revelation. It must be the fact that I made a decision to go after my dreams and stop playing around and, and to do what I was called to do. Um, So I remember those moments and I carry those experiences with me and I try to encourage people to really listen to what's going on inside of them. Like we are all hardwired with this calling upon our lives. Maybe some people are designed to be painters or musicians or uh, rocket scientists. I don't know, whatever that's been placed inside your, your body, your spirit, your mind, tap into that pay attention to it because it's not going to go away until you pay attention to it. I hear everything that you're saying and I love it, but let's, what advice would you give to those that are hearing those callings and everything around them is telling them that this is what they should be doing. But you know, like your professor, somebody's laughing at the dreams that they have or somebody's Mm -hmm. telling them, no, you need to go get a job. Like you can't even think about doing that. Like what advice would you give to those people who are hearing that? Absolutely. I would tell them, to be cognizant of the truth, but they will know when it's time because I feel that it's part of building your story. Yes, the reality is that we live in a capitalist society where you have to make money, you have to survive, you have to feed your kids or whatever the situation is, you have to do that. And even if you're doing a job that you don't really like, you know that there are other goals that you get to achieve by doing those things. You get to build your skill set, you get to learn what you like, what you don't like, you get to pay your bills. But you will know, as long as you don't give up on that dream, you will know when it's time to just either dive in or just spend more time in in that area. But the main thing is just don't abandon it. Even if it means after hours, carving out 15 minutes every single day to explore that area of interest, do that because that's what's going to give you joy. That's what's going to give you fulfillment day by day, even if you're doing things that you don't really enjoy. But the, like, the reality of it is we do live in a society where we have to make money and right. that's important too. So do that, but then don't give up on that thing that's constantly tapping you and everything works out when it's time. So I would just simply say you could recognize it, but don't give up on it and don't minimize it and don't devalue it. That's what I would say. I love it. And that's very great advice. So let's start talking about imposter syndrome, because some of the things that you've mentioned, we are already hitting on imposter syndrome. So tell us a bit about imposter syndrome for those of us who don't even recognize that that's what it's called. Yeah. And I would say imposter syndrome oftentimes gets thrown around in an academic setting, particularly colleges and universities. They like to throw that phrase around. Mm -hmm. And if if we really want to understand what imposter syndrome means or what it looks like, You could just simply call it fear and self-doubt. 
That's essentially what it is. So imposter syndrome is simply this persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud or being found out. So think about those spaces when you're in a leadership role or you're at a new job or uh, you're a leader for a volunteer um, organization or some people say even dating in a dating world <laughs> where you feel like you don't deserve to that's be in that role. Take. Yeah. Huh? That's an interesting take. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so in just the different social spaces that you're in where you feel like you don't belong, that you don't deserve to be there. I don't know if you've ever experienced this belly, but sometimes at least for me, I remember people would give me compliments all the time. Like, oh, you're really, you're a really great speaker. You're really good at this and that. And I wouldn't believe them because I really felt that I didn't deserve to be in those spaces and that they were just saying those things to be nice. Um, and I didn't internalize those compliments. I didn't believe it. So that's part of imposter syndrome. And um, folks dealing with it find it hard to see their value or they dismiss their success as good luck or good timing, right? Um, one thing Especially about imposter- women, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So- one thing about imposter syndrome, as people like to call it, I like to call it imposter experience. And syndrome kind of gives this connotation that it's some sort of psychological or mental disorder. It is not. You can't diagnose someone as like having a mental disorder known as imposter syndrome. So that word syndrome kind of is mm -hmm. misleading. So I like to call it imposter experience because it's a common lived experience that most of us, if not all of us, will encounter at some point in our lives or another. So it's a common phenomenon, a common experience um, that we all will deal with. So it's universal. Um, and some may ask, well, who does it even affect? Mm -hmm. I would say everyone. Um, but depending on maybe your social identity, it could, your social identity can certainly influence how you experience it, right? Um, and some, some people say, well, do extroverts experience imposter syndrome they're so boisterous and out there and they don't seem shy and all that anybody could experience imposter syndrome it just shows up differently right. right so let's say you're an extrovert and you have to give a class presentation and you're really nervous and you feel like gosh i'm gonna suck at this um these people might do like talk a lot <laughs> to <laughs> compensate for the fact that they think they're not good whereas an introvert might like shrink themselves and try not to be seen or say fewer words to not be exposed. So it can manifest differently um, depending on your personality, depending on whether you're like a, a male or female or um, I'm sorry, man or woman or whatever your racial background is or any other um, kind of identity character, uh, category. Um, so yeah, that's a bit about imposter syndrome it's just when you're dealing with these anxieties or you feel out of place or you feel insecure and some of the behaviors that are associated with it is you might be silent like I was when I was in graduate school like mm -hmm. I totally felt out of place I thought that all the people in the program were way smarter than me so what I did was not speak in class ever like oh, wow. most of the class required group dialogue and so everybody will be raising their hands and I'll be there just looking to my left, looking to my right, really trying not to engage because I thought anything that would come out of my mouth would be nonsense. So I stayed silent to avoid being, to avoid being exposed. Or you might find that people will withdraw from situations or avoid certain situations or even overwork themselves because they're trying to perfect like a talk or a presentation so mm -hmm. that 
they won't show up, you know, fumbling over their words. So those are some ways that uh, imposter syndrome manifests. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you've ever listened to um, one of Michelle Obama's interviews where she was talking about, you know, sitting in the room and not feeling like she was supposed to be there. But then she heard like the other people talking and she was like, wait a minute, they don't need to be in this room. But you're over here feeling like, wait, I'm an imposter in the room. But when you start hearing other people talk, it's like, well, how did they even get in the room? Right? Exactly. That's a beautiful point that you bring up. I'm sorry, were you done? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that that's so interesting. Like, oftentimes people in subordinated identity groups um, that are marginalized in society, for example, Black folks, people of color, women, LGBT folk, whenever you have uh, these marginalized social identities, you're told that you don't, like, part of the stereotyping and stigma is that you don't belong in certain spaces because they carry certain stereotypes with them. So, you know, you especially will feel this when you, you're outnumbered in a space. For example, um, with myself in my graduate program, there were barely any black people in there full of white folks. So I was dealing with stereotype threat, which is when you're afraid of showing up as a stereotype and being judged based on that stereotype. So I was afraid that the white folks would view me according to the stereotypes about black people. Right. Right. So when, when you know in your head that, oh, they might view me as not smart or, you know, not belonging, all of that, that kind of makes you shrink. Um, and it's so interesting that Michelle Obama said that because, yeah, we've been imposterized. For example, when I say imposterized, I mean, we might be very well confident in who we are, right? Show up in spaces, take charge, raise our hands. But then because other people think we don't belong there, that's when yeah. they're imposterizing us, right? Exactly. So maybe that's what she was dealing with. Maybe she knows who she is, but then when she's outnumbered in a space and then there's ideas of stereotypes floating around and then people are imposterizing you, yeah, you might feel like you don't belong because of that. And then folks in dominating identity groups, they're, they've been taught all their lives that those are their spaces where they belong. Right. They're great. You should be here mm -hmm. at the top. Like, oh yeah, you should be here. Even if they're mediocre, right? Exactly. <laughs> they could be as mediocre <laughs> as I don't know what, right? And they still think they belong in those spaces because that's what they've been taught as members of dominating identity groups. So, you know, that, that's an interesting dynamic. Not only can people truly internally feel like they're not enough, other people can make you feel like you're not enough. All right, don't get me sorry, because I can talk for hours about that when I was in corporate America. <laughs> oh, God, I would love to hear the stories. We don't I have enough time on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I am so curious, honestly. Well, we can talk after, definitely. Yeah. Um, so what kind of off strategies or tips would you have for those people who are recognizing that, hey, wait a minute, this is that impossible experience that I'm having right now. How do I get out of this space? Yeah, and part of the work that I do in coaching is to help people get clear, help them move past imposter uh, feelings. And I will say, oftentimes, like most times, if not all, most of my clients who come to me will say that they want to get past one, one experience or one issue, mm -hmm. but the underlying issue was always imposter syndrome. And I thought that wow. I just find that, that to be so fascinating that imposter syndrome has taken over people's lives. That's like the underlying cause of so many issues that keep people stuck. So I will say, seek coaching. 
right? A lot of people go to therapists and counselors, which is terrific. Like if you have some childhood issues that you want to work out or some mental health concerns, Mm -hmm. please go to therapists, right? But coaches are there to really support you in getting unstuck or getting clear or moving past the imposter experience by walking you through the process of unpacking some of the thoughts and feelings and behaviors that you have, helping raise awareness and helping you to just see a brighter future. It's such a process, right? Um, But I would say that uh, folks looking to move past imposter syndrome, seek coaching if you really, really feel stuck and need someone to guide you in getting unstuck so that you could feel more empowered and equipped to pursue your goals without any undue reservation, right? Pursue your goals more courageously, more confidently, and uh, more authentically. So I am a big advocate for coaching. Um, Another thing I would say is imposter syndrome is oftentimes a lifelong process. You might be in one new space and then you get over it Mm -hmm. and then you, you live life without imposter syndrome, then you enter another new challenge and then it shows up all over again, right? So it's a lifelong process. So we cannot let imposter syndrome dictate our actions. So even if you are anxious or you feel like you don't belong, guess what? Just do it anyway. I like be that. anxious. <laughs> just you could be anxious all you want, but anxiety is not going to get you anywhere. Still go after your goals and dreams because at the end of the day, or when you finally achieve your goal, you're going to be so glad that you did what you wanted to do instead of allowing imposter syndrome to keep you you know, to hold you hostage. And then later on, you have regrets about not pursuing what you wanted to pursue. Um, So do it scared, do it while anxious, and you won't regret it. Right. And then, sorry about that. And then the third thing I would say is just to stay committed. That's still along the same lines as uh, if you're anxious, do it anyway, just stay committed, because some people get so discouraged by failure, but I'm like, I'm glad you failed. Failure is like the classroom for success. You learn from failure, and then you don't even have to view it as failing, view it as falling, because when you fall, you get right back up and keep going. And failure just teaches you so many amazing things to utilize and to really, you know, do things the right way next time. So failing is a good thing. I don't want people to view it as a bad thing. It's only bad when you settle for that failure, when you don't stay committed to what you want to achieve and you just give up. So when you fail, say, yes, awesome. What can I learn from this? And then you stay committed to what you want to achieve. Because the goal here is to not have any regrets. Right. Is to not have any regrets. So stay committed. If you're anxious, do it anyway. And I always encourage people to seek coaching. I love that. I love that. So in one of the episodes last season, I'll say, is we talked about um, failure being part of the process. Like failure shouldn't be something that we say, oh my gosh, we failed. Like, what are we going to do now? We should start looking at failure as part of the process. At some point you're going to fail because you're not going to either know what you were supposed to be doing or you've never been here before. So this kind of looks different. So you're not sure of the steps. So we need to start seeing that failure. And I have the hashtag quotes with my hands going. Yeah. Failure is part of the process. It's not some epic thing that happens where, okay, it's over. We can't do anything and move forward. Correct. Right. And the other thing that I wanted to mention was, you know, a lot of times um, when you're talking about people who work in nursing homes, a lot of the things that they hear from the older people is that Mm. it's all of this regret that they have for the things that they didn't do in their lives. 
So that's a, that's a lot of the conversations that people are having with the people, the, um, the older people in the nursing homes. That's amazing. So. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. Very true. If you right. want to learn about regrets, you talk to some, some folks at their deathbed, they'll tell you like, do what you're called to do right? so that you won't have any regrets, you know? So yeah, I appreciate that. And you have a book coming out this year about this topic, imposter syndrome. So tell us about that and where can we find your book? Absolutely. So the title of the book is Capable Beyond Measure. I want people to know that they are capable, resourceful, and whole. They have everything they need to be successful, to achieve their goals, and nobody's expectations or nobody's standards or metric can determine their potential. So everyone is capable beyond measure. The full name of the book is Capable Beyond Measure, Overcome the Imposter Experience and Unlock Your Boundless Capacity to Succeed. So folks who are students, professionals, entrepreneurs, leaders, any, anyone who's curious about um, understanding the imposter experience should really read this book to get full details about what is imposter syndrome? What does it look like? Why does it even happen? And how can I build an overcomer's mindset and take action towards my goals? So um, I'm excited about this book. I think it's inspiring. It's relatable. It's digestible. Um, it, it gives you exercises and activities to really build a master plan for yourself to go out and achieve your goals without undue reservation. So I'm super excited about it. It's coming, um, it's gonna be available for pre-order November, 2020. Okay. And then January, 2021, it will be available on Amazon. Awesome. So if anybody else wants to come and learn about this imposter syndrome topic, where can they find you? What's your website? You know, what socials are you using? Sure, where can our sure. audience come and find you? Yeah, um, I'm at ijamawogu.com and my social media handle is Ijama Leads. So that's on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is Ijama Leads. So you can find me there. Okay, and we always like to end our past podcast with a quote. So what quote would you give our listeners as one of the ways that you live by in your life every day? Sure. Um, the Leadership Institute has a quote that really resonates with me. And so their motto is to have a healthy disregard for the impossible. So for me, that just means go after your wildest dreams. You're not going to do it like without thinking of a process or just, you know, being irresponsible about it. You're going to be responsible about it. And so that's the healthy part. But go after your wildest, biggest aspirations without any reservations. So again, that, that quote is have a healthy disregard for the impossible. Just disregard what people think is impossible and believe that everything is possible. I love it. So thank you for joining me on the podcast today. And we're talking about dropping imposter syndrome. You guys definitely go out there and look for Jama's book on Amazon in January, but of course you can pre-order in November. So I have all the information and details in the description. We'll have all the links to her social media in the description. You'll so you'll be able to find her and follow her on social. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. You have been listening to another episode of Drop the Aspiring Act. If 
you're looking for more information on this podcast and other episodes, please visit queenbaygoals.com.